You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live, with your hosts, Eric Provoznik, Jim Culver, Marty Zamora, and Christine Leninger. This is Brian Usher from Indians Mob, and you are on the All Over the Place podcast, where the fun sanity never ends. Hello, and welcome to the All Over the Place podcast, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. I'm your host, Eric Provoznik, and with us this morning, we've got Christine. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Jim Culver. Hello, Jim. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. And with us today, folks, very special guest. You've heard him in Genesis, the 80s supergroup, GTR, and soon going to be releasing his latest album, his 30th solo release, The Circus and the Night Whale, coming out on February 16th. Please welcome to the show, Steve Hackett. Steve, thanks for joining us. Hi, everybody. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon from where I am, which is uh, in, in England. So uh, <clears throat> it's a little later here. Probably five <laughs> hours later than you guys, but there we are. Good day, indeed. Good, good so, day, you know, yes. I mentioned the Circus and the Night Whale, and of course, you've yeah. released two singles from it, two singles and videos so far, uh, People of the Smoke yes. and Wherever You Are. Yeah. You know, and this is your 30th solo release, and you're calling it, you know, some of your most personal stuff. And just Tell us about the making of this, you know, semi-autobiographical album. Yes. Uh, well, it starts in 1950. It's a story. It's a kind of companion piece to the uh, the book that I released a few years ago. Uh, that was an autobiography called A Genesis in My Bed. And this is, well, it's, it's a musical version. It's an audio version. Um, and um, it starts in 1950. The album starts in 1950 with... Uh, snippets of the way the BBC, British Broadcasting Company, sounded at that time in in 1950. So you get a little bit of of, um, stuff from, there's a thing called Pathé News, which would start with a cockerel, and then you would get a, uh, um, you'd you'd get a newscast. There's a snippet or two from an advert, um, very, very distorted as the radio tunes in and out of this stuff. So you get... um, you get snippets of actual 1950, not just 1950s, but that was the way uh, a radio was then, which gives way to something. There was a show called Listen With Mother, very BBC, and the woman would say, <laughs> um, are you sitting comfortably? Long pause, then I'll begin. Okay, this show designed for children, very patronising, very posh, <laughs> very English, all of that kind of stuff. So you get that, but then you get a, a baby howling straight away. So you get all these sort of uh, different trapdoors that you go through before the album even starts to set the scene. So the baby's cry becomes this sustained scream. Um, then it's overlaid with a steam train starting up because they were all steam trains when I was a kid. And um, uh, then that gets up to speed. When it finally gets up to speed, uh, it... It is the conductor for an incoming uh, string ensemble. So you get an string orchestra coming in as Big Ben strikes as well. So Big Ben, the famous bell, Houses of Parliament, England, uh, you know, that's how the news is introduced even even now, you know, this big chime. So that comes blasting in. Okay, so we're up at full speed. Then a rock band arrives, strangely, and a rock guitarist. Strangely, wonder why that happened. 
and then we're off on the rest of the journey. So it, it's all this thing. And, and in a way, I think people have been responding it, to it so well because um, it's not as if you get anything that's peculiar to me at first. What you get is 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 London 1950, post-war, recovering, heavily polluted, very, very crowded. And so the opening track reflects all of that. There's a sort of industrial element. There's a rock element. There's a there's a narrative that's driving the whole thing, and oodles of rock guitar, of course. Wonder why that happened. But <laughs> there you are. That's um, that's how the album starts, and 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 it progresses through time. Um, each track relates to a sort of a, a keen sort of flashpoint in my life. Okay, so you know we 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 jump ahead to when I was at school. And um, there was a character who was a little bit like the artful dodger who was completing my education by teaching me how to steal, how to become a, a pyromaniac, how to become, um, uh, how to play poker, how to cheat at poker. All of these things they don't teach you at school. So you get a little bit of that. There's a track called Passing Clouds. It's about the passing of time. It moves on into um, joining Genesis, the whole musical thing. So it's very much something in a Genesis style with 12 strings and tricky time signatures and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so on and so forth. The album heads, heads forth going through various things. First love, early love, difficulties, problems, uh, being in the circus uh, as a kind of euphemism for rock and roll. All of that, being very grateful to be in the centre of the circus, but then one gets to the point where you're being uh, restricted and you can't really work outside the circus. And um, uh, the very difficult decision that I had uh, to leave Genesis and go my own way. So it addresses all of that. It's very autobiographical, and I don't want to give everything away. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, for some reason, people have been saying it's my, my best album. I seem to be not just on the front cover of Prog magazine over here, but strangely, they did two articles back to back. The very first album I ever did on my own, which is Voyage of the Acolyte, all those years ago in 1975. And this one, the 30th album, they've done two articles, one celebrating the new one and, and one celebrating the old one with lots of young pictures of myself and the very young Genesis and the very young me and the very young Phil Collins at the time and they've done such a wonderful job on the whole thing it's i don't think i've ever had a launch like this at all ever so um it seems to be going nuts over here already and i only just got hold of uh, some production copies yesterday so i know what it looks like it's kind of it's 45 minutes and i realized the other day i was doing a perfect um vinyl length album with big artwork, the big whale swallowing the circus on right. the front. So um, obviously the package that you have on vinyl and in various colours serves the artwork very well. Um, audio, I prefer clean myself, so I'd go for CD, but uh, uh, there are completists who try and buy absolutely everything, and who would discourage them? So... <laughs> Well, you've got it coming out on CD and Blu-ray. You've got a package with that. You've got the CD separately. You've got the vinyl yep. separately and digital. Yep. And, and you yep. mentioned, you know, Prague, uh, the Prague magazine and all the uh, just yep. all, 
this exposure, this great exposure. Yes. Releasing music with the with the world literally at our fingertips now. What, what what's that like for you to just going out there and just getting getting a new album out there? Well, the weird thing is now I'm thinking. Uh, uh, um, of course, I'm billed to be presenting the whole of Foxtrot from 1972 on COVID catch up, as so many of you realized that you know we lost those those years where you know uh, uh, 50 years later it w- the show would correspond exactly to 50 years later but a lot of places i haven't played the entire foxtrot set so i'll be doing that when i go back plus you know some things off of circus and the night world but already response has been so bloody good to this that i feel as though at some point i'm probably going to have to deliver a whole circus <laughs> so, you know it's that it's that that feeling uh, um and so it's nice to have those problems, you know, to have things that celebrate one thing and then another and another and another and another. And, uh, oh, my God, I can barely keep up. But, hey, we've got so many shows and gigs. And by the time I get in front of people again, having just come back from Norway in the Arctic Circle with my Hungarian friends, Jabe, um, to do guest spots with them, um, it'll be very interesting to uh, to be in America once more america and um yeah i mean it's we've been all over the globe in recent years it's just been absolutely nuts i've got a flood downstairs in the house which is why i'm upstairs in this bathroom <laughs> um and uh, and i've got a plumber who's going to come to the door any minute to say oh yeah yeah your ceiling's gonna have to come down mate and uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, bang 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 <laughs> who knows we might get interrupted you never know well, you, you mentioned, of course, going on the road and, and the, the, being able to be back on the road. Now, the visceral experience of it. But yes. uh, I've also it's come to my attention that you're going to be doing some uh, Drum Talk TV with Dan Schinder, uh, virtual concerts. So uh, what, what's that like to, for you to be able to go out on the road and then reach an even wider audience with, with these virtual shows? Um, I don't know about that. Uh, um, I, you're informing me something that I may have agreed to in a former life. And um, um, at, at the ripe old age of about to won't be the first or last time I've stepped before, in it, Steve. In yeah, I don't know. Time, I think that you know my 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 brain's kind of gone. I suspect what will be happening is I'll I'll probably be doing more talking than than playing virtually. I suspect unless I've been signed up to something that I, I know so little about. But you know I'll be on the road very very soon, as all like you say. Little birdies tell me a lot, and sometimes they're telling me stuff before they're supposed to. Man, it's always going wrong. Last time I did something with the BBC, they gave me the wrong name of the guy, so I, so I called him by his wrong name. And I thought, you know, it's like, oh, to a great start. Yeah, yeah. The real world, you know, it's crazy busy for me right now. So uh, I plead the fifth or something like that. Yeah. Staying a little bit virtual, and I mentioned that the, the two singles also have videos, uh, people of the smoke yes. and wherever you are. And you also have on there, uh, you know, the inspirations you behind the songs and the videos. So what's it like yeah. for you to be able to talk to your audience all over the globe just by very simply going and put, putting that stuff, attach it to the videos? Uh, well, it's fantastic. Uh, it, it's extraordinary. Um, I think because it's a narrative. I'm never so keen on, on on the term concept, you know, concept album. Uh, it became a dirty word at one time, but it's a narrative. It is a story. It's driven by that. And I was writing a lot of things, largely self-commissioned, 
uh, to order for this. And I thought, you know, this is this is going to be very, very difficult. Writing things to order. How do you do that? You know, then, you know, it's like perspiration versus inspiration. But actually, um, it worked very well. And I think it's the first time I've ever been involved in something where the music was driven by the need to illustrate a story in the audio sense of the word. Um, now, I had one or two things written, but um, largely everything, uh, you know, in other words, here we are, we had the circus and the night whale, and you've got to fill that in, that, that, that space. So um, it's probably good training for, for Hollywood when they asked me to, you know, score the next Star Trek movie or something like that. Yeah, can we have it Thursday? Thank you. Of course, darling, you can have it immediately. Uh, how many How many would you like? <laughs> Is there kind of an over, overarching theme that you want the listener to take away from this album, or do you feel like you want the, the narrative to kind of speak for itself? Well, I think that the best the best concepts and the best narratives are one where you hang on every word, hopefully, and then you didn't realize that you were listening to a story or you didn't realize you were um, in the midst of a, of a narrative. It just happened to be that way, that you were following something that was written um, with an unconscious title. I mean, whether it was Ravel's Bolero or the Beatles doing Revolver or Sergeant Pepper, or whatever you know the idea of the dance of death and and the character portraits that, that the beatles became so very uh, good at i'm i'm not sure that you can um uh pin it down you know there's a kind of osmosis going on there's there's something that that that, that permeates and uh so i didn't back away from the idea I, to be honest um, my wife joe we were talking about doing something autobiographical and she she came up with the title Circus of the Night Whale. And um, much like when I was writing my book, she said, you know, you've got to make sure you've got a thread with this, you know, rather than um, jazz with words. Um, <laughs> talking about the book, that is. Okay, with this, it was somewhat different. And I was dying to put wherever you are, first of all, because it was the first track to be recorded. But of course, it ends up becoming the penultimate track because of the nature of of love and finding love and finding the right kind of love pretty late in my in in my life um uh so i thought okay yeah people of the smoke there was the idea of london um and the idea of doing doing something that was heavily populated not just in the lyrical department but also um in terms of instruments um I knew that it had to be good, which is why I had all these, what I'm calling trap doors, all these sort of decoys at the beginning in order to draw you in. You know, that's really framing the music um, for me um, was very, very important. In other words, as I probably said before, even if someone didn't like anything I ever did in my life, what's interesting is what what was radio sounding like in 1950 in britain at that at that time heavily distorted it sounds like it's not just you know 
74 years ago, it's, it's, um, it could be 200 years ago. You know, it sounds so ancient and, and so pre-rock and roll and so stiff and starchy. And, you know, the world of, um, you know, bow to your betters, which I talk about in the, um, in the uh, uh, story in the, in, in, in the first track, um, all of that. And, and, you know, the, the thing about the baby being born as someone's being hanged and, and that was a line that she came up with, and I thought, no, that's going to be too much for people to, to take. But, you know, we talked about bomb sites, kids playing on bomb sites, the way life was, and all of that. And it worked very well each time the bell tolled, you know, the idea of, um, you know, the bell tolling another stroke and people of the smoke come and go. All of that idea of the smoke, of course, London, London was referred to as the smoke, as... New York is, is known as the Big Apple. So the smoke would be very known to Londoners, to English people or ang Anglophiles, as um, you might you might know them. Um, I'm trying to give a feel for it. It's a very good album. I'm going to I'm going to sit back and be very un-British about this and say, I think it's a very good album because I think there are so many influences upon it, uh, both from the, you know the conceptual side of it, the input from Joe, which was enormous, and lyrically from her, but also the people that play on it. You know where you have uh, the world music aspect with Malik Mansirov from Azerbaijan, um, the guys in my regular band, and um, uh, and also the singing of of uh, Amanda Lehman, uh, where she sounds operatic at one point of this celestial voice on ghost moon and living love um which has got a little bit of a story with it it's, it's a love song but um, many years ago i was on the louisiana swamps and i got swamp fever because there was a storm and i swallowed uh a swamp you know you don't have to go swimming in a swamp to get that it's it's in the spray it's in the air you know the the, the big right. motor at the back the sort of hydrofoil like thing going on and i was sick for about two two weeks i was on the road doing shows and i god my god i was dying a death inwardly and um, it wasn't until i hit new york funnily enough my late great friend um ian mcdonald who invented king crimson um said you probably need to have some chicken soup some jewish penicillin so i said okay <laughs> went to bed that night and um i had that and even in my dreams i was still in pain with this this alien trying to get out of my my chest you know uh, you know the movie john hurt when it, mm -hmm. the alien comes yeah. out really scott all that that was how it felt like something was going to erupt from here but instead of that um i had this dream i heard this beautiful music this glorious celestial voice singing um kind of operatic but with lots of effect on it uh very very spiritual and as i was listening to this glorious melody um i could feel the pain going just like parting clouds just going and i woke up and i was healed so it's a healing piece of music many years later i, I got uh, amanda to um record this melody and um of course it sounds wonderful um as i say i didn't write it i heard it in a dream it's it's one of those one of those gifts from 
the heavens somewhere. It's um, uh, but that's interesting. And then towards the end of the tune, you you might be forgiven for thinking it was. You know, I, I was listening to it the other day, and I'd I'd fallen asleep, and I just woke up at the end. I thought, oh, am I listening to a Beatles track, or is that a bit of George Harrison or something? And all these aspects that that came into it. So there's a heavy metal aspect in the album. There's harmony singing. There's that that I loved so much from all the harmony bands, not just the Beatles, but uh, great great bands that featured guys and girls. Um, it has all of that. It has the sort of progressive thing, the changes, the segues between tracks. So it's all really like one piece of music. Um, so it's a journey, an odyssey, um, and I'm and I'm, I'm very proud of it. And no one's given me a bad review for it yet. But so uh, maybe I'll wake up and find that it. You know, it's uh, got harmonica and sax, two of my favorite instruments. So I'm loving that. So thank you for those two. There's great sax on it. That's right, courtesy of Rob Townsend. There's about three notes of harmonica. Um, unfortunately, that's over all too quickly. Um, but uh, there will be more harmonica in future and more shredding in future. Ah, uh, but I mustn't give up the um, the melodic things for which you know the guitar is very good at doing. Um, uh, yeah, so it's a very. I think it's a very complete rock album. I had the idea that it was going to be much longer than it was, but I deliberately kept all of the, the sort of sh scene shifting stuff um, short. Um, at, you know, at one point I'd been working with my friend Brian May and I noticed he, we were talking about, you know, what characterized Queen was the harmonies and his guitar work, of course, you know, all, all, all of that. And, and the brevity of some of the guitar moments, but that's what made just about every Queen track sound like it was a hit single. Every track sounds like a hit single because nothing outstays its welcome. Maybe he wouldn't agree with me saying that now, but I noticed, I noticed that. And indeed, one of the guitars I was fooling around with on this album was something that that he designed, funnily enough, as well as my usual Fernandez. And Les Paul and twelve strings and all the nylon stuff, of course, the classical stuff right at the end. Um, Tremolando. And there are so, so many different sounds on the album, like you mentioned, from the classical to the rock, and you know, yeah. even Spanish guitar in there. As yeah. you're writing, I know we only have time for about maybe one or two quick questions, but sure. um, as you're writing, like, how do you know what? how it's going to end up with the sound and if it's going to be more classical or more Spanish or straight up rock, how does that process go for you? Well, um, a fan wrote to me many years ago and, and uh, uh, um, commented on my approach, which he said was pan genre. And I like that, you know, genre. Okay. Lots of styles. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's possible to hold the audience's interest, even though they might, say well i don't like blues i don't like jazz i don't like classical i don't like pop i don't like any music okay but the idea is to try and change people's mind about what they're prepared to absorb and i don't think it's the instrumentation i think it's to do with the spirit that underlies any one particular tune so one tune might have an orchestra another 
tune would have a barbershop quartet. Another tune could have ba 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 ba. You know, unaccompanied singing. There was a sort of nod at one point to. I was thinking of the Beach Boys at one point in People of the Smoke when it's talking about the fairground and how glorious it was, everything bursting into colour there. So I went for a cappella there. Just very, very brief, short stuff there. And um, I guess channeling um, Brian Wilson and Jan and Dean and all those early sort of you know, things that they were so very good at. <clears throat> all of that. Um, but, you know, I've tried to make it as varied as possible, as varied as my life has been varied. So um, if you're looking for guitar, there's some shreddy moments. If you're looking for tapping, there's tappy moments. Um, there are those moments. I'm influenced by all the great um, guitarists, some of which I've I've worked with. Um, guitars are still a remarkably adaptable instrument they still surprise folks don't forget to check out steve hackett's upcoming album the circus in the night well released in february 16th and head over to hackett songs to find out when where he when and where he's going to be in your town steve hackett thanks so much for joining us here on thanks all so over much. the place love you talking to you guys thank you so much thanks ciao take care great day. <laughs> take care this is all you've been listening to all over the place the official podcast of media pub live if you like what you've been listening to, and you know that you have, be sure to subscribe, like, and share at YouTube, Spotify, or your preferred platform. We thank you for your support. The opinions expressed by the guests are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of the hosts or the producer.